Welcome to and Unimaginable Life. <laughs> okay, my turn. I gotta start. Welcome to and Unimaginable Life. <clears throat> what do you want to talk about today? Let's talk about all of our self-imposed limitations. That's Limiting beliefs, topic, right? All the things we, yeah, all the things we believe we can't do are all based in beliefs that are not true. Limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs. What is your definition? Why would they be, why would they be limiting? What, what's your de definition of a limiting belief? Uh, anything that, well, let me define belief first. A belief is just a thought that I think over and over and over again until it is now a truth for me. And a limiting belief is anything that limits me from following any inspiration at any time for <laughs> that's that is a limiting belief so like that i need to make you bigger on my screen i can't see you <laughs> so my uh um the thing about jumping out of an airplane right i definitely believe i i can't jump without a parachute yeah but so if you're inspired that's not stopping me from following an inspiration i'm not inspired to do that right now <laughs> so far <laughs> So it's not limiting me, but it is a belief, right? It's just a belief, but it's not stopping me from doing anything. I was talking to a guy here and it's like, what do you do? And I say, well, we have a podcast. Well, what's the podcast about? Well, it's really about fear. And he says, well, I don't have any fear. I said, oh, really? Okay. So you've traveled the world and stuff? He goes, oh, no, no, no. I won't go on a plane. How come? Because I don't have any control. I'm not going to give my life to some pilot I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I go, so you have a belief that you have to control whatever you're in in order to survive. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like an irrational fear there. But that belief limits him from going on a plane. Yeah. So it's it's hugely limiting for him, yeah. right? But in his mind, no fear means that, um, no, 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 I just control everything. And if I can't control it, I don't approach it. I don't experience it. And so what would I be afraid of? If I can control it, I experience it. If I can't control it, I don't. So I'm not afraid of some experience I might have that would be, you know, that would be bad because I won't have it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So yeah, that's completely different. Yeah, yeah. highly. Yeah, highly. So yeah, yeah so that's, Joshua so that's is my definition. A limiting belief is that which brings up too much fear when you have an inspired idea that you won't act. And so what we do in all the courses is learn how to identify and then process those limiting beliefs by proving they're false. Mm -hmm. And all limiting beliefs are false. Uh, I was just editing the last Joshua live from uh, yesterday. And Joshua explains that we know nothing. So all we are is a bundle of beliefs, some of which <laughs> are limiting, some of which are empowering. Your limiting beliefs are absolutely false and not true. Your empowering beliefs are more true, but they're not the full information. So you don't know anything. You know things in the non-physical and your non-physical inner self knows things because that which is known in the non-physical is known to all. And as we shift our perspective, we have access to more in information, to more things, but we'll never get to the point of fully knowing anything. So if we just yeah. go around and say, you know, we don't know anything, then we just realize everything is a belief and we can work on the beliefs that are limiting, that are obvious. Also, 
if you are ever triggered by some event or some person saying something, it's pointing out a limiting belief and that event is called a manifestation event. Ah, let's talk about that. <laughs> I, prefer, I, I prefer not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I like, we tend to, in in this community, I, I, I notice, I think everyone notices that we, we tend to, Joshua did not bring the manifestation event. If you read the way that that's written in the boot camp, a manifestation event is equally both pointing out a beneficial and a limiting belief right. it, equally. It is just an experience. Yeah. And what, what delineates what it is for you is how you feel in it. Right. So this sucks. This is awful. I'm devastated. I'm scared. I'm whatever it happened to be. That's what makes it pointing out a limiting belief. And I, I love that because I, I went that direction for a while. Right. If you feel negative emotion, it's obviously a limiting belief. If you feel positive emotion, it's an empowering belief. Mm -hmm. And we can process both types of beliefs in the limiting kind. We process to prove it's false and to reduce its intensity and to whittle it away. We'll never get rid of it because in an attractive universe, once you've attracted something that stays with you forever, but if it doesn't limit you from acting on inspiration, then it's just not limiting. It doesn't matter. The empowering belief comes along. You have a manifestation event and something you feel positive emotion. And that indicates that you have an empowering belief and you can ramp up that belief, make it more intense and stronger. And this work does one thing. It raises your perspective. Yeah. Yep. Every single time it, what, what they say is it softens those, those limiting beliefs and either way you look at it, I've started to recognize that all I'm doing is transcending this stuff as I'm moving. I'm not really changing that belief at all. Right. I mean, I am, but I'm not, I'm just transcending it and I get further and further away where it just does not, that does not limit me anymore. And I like, I like the idea of densities. I'm really getting into this idea. And that if you imagine we're in third density and as white light has said, there's infinite levels to this, but each level is there's a fear threshold. And to get to the next level, you have to push past fear. Mm -hmm. And by processing limiting beliefs, it makes it easier to push past fear, but also having that, you know, having a mindset where you understand that every time you receive inspiration, you're going to have some fear. And when you push past it, you're going to have an experience and that experience will give you information that'll help you shift your perspective. If you see the experience is perfect. And when you look back and on the experience and you can get all the information, it fills in the limiting beliefs and you gain confidence and it makes it easier to push past fear until you get to the next level where you've uncovered another limiting belief. So it's an infinite onion of beliefs. Mm -hmm. it, it is. And I, I think for the most part, I run into the same ones. They're, they're just showing themselves to me in a little different way. And I do remember a long time ago, I, I love this too. A long time ago, Joshua said, imagine a, a belief. I believe they said limiting belief, I think, but they said, imagine a belief like a gem and it's faceted. So as you turn it and look at it, there are all different facets to this one 
belief that you have. And one that changed how I saw my manifestation events. Uncovering, I'm uncovering a gem here as I start to dig to find this limitation, this self-imposed limitation. So that was a great way to look at it. And to help me to understand when I do run into it, because I have for a long time, I think everyone does, I still do it. Are you kidding me this again? Yeah. I dealt with you and and now you're here and it's a different person. It's a different situation altogether. And it's still that same core thing. I, I find I run into the same, you know, five to six of them just over and over and over again. Now they're not as intense. Well, right. uh, I won't say that, but sometimes they pop up intent more intensely than they've ever been. But generally it's the same ones over and over again. And there, there's a couple interesting points there is that to understand the belief fully, you have to see it from all these different sides. And that's the different facets of that belief. So the the different kind of manifestation events you have point out those different facets of that belief when you expose them all and process them all, it becomes less intensive a belief, but also because you're shifting in densities, you become more emotionally sensitive. So you really notice it when you uncover another facet that's, that should be small and yet you still feel terrible. Well, you want to feel terrible because you really want to know what your limitations yeah. are since you're a limitless being. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. You really want to know. And, you know, that, yeah, it, it's hard to, you know, to remember that when you're in the throes of it, right? When you're, when you're right in the middle of some event that makes you, you know, want a noose to hang yourself. It's okay. You know, this is, this is a gift. This is something that I want to find. I do want to find it. And as you're looking for it, um, I think, doing a limiting belief workshop the other day for the first time with a group of people that are in your boot camp um, was really interesting to try to help them ease up on their death grip of what limiting belief this particular event is showing them. And they will have all sorts of ideas and say, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. And yet just keep, going, nope, I don't know that that's exactly it. I don't <laughs> yeah. know that's it. And it, at some point I think you know, that's, that's great. That's fine. Keep going until you, you feel it ping you, right. You, you're going to, but at some point here, you're going to feel, want to go, Ooh, okay, that could be it. Just go, go into that one and move on. <laughs> well, that's right. Your brain. That's really the point of the manifestation event form is that you fill out that form and all you have to do, it doesn't matter if you have the limiting belief. If you have a limiting belief, you process that. And generally, it's much easier to process the little ones. And so the practice is not to get to the root cause of this limiting belief or the big one. It's to get in the habit of filling out that form and just proving every single belief is false. Right. Yeah, that is absolutely it. And then... The, the another one that was big for me to understand was that my limiting belief was never going to be about another person or about an organization or a group of some sort. And if you think about that for a minute, you recognize that you'll stop. Um, my mother doesn't understand me, right? My husband never listens to me. Yeah. It's 
It's their right. problem, not my problem. Right. And, <laughs> and that's my limiting belief. And it isn't right. That's the person that has agreed to bring this up and reflect it to you over yeah. and over again until you get it. But until you can get to the, those words of, I am this, um, you know, I am lazy. I am worthless. I am whatever, mm -hmm. or I always, I never, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just can't blank. Mm -hmm. Those are, those are the keys to it. And I think, um, when I mentioned that to this group, we were working with the other day that even still was new to them. They went, Oh, Oh, so it, it can't be about another, it can't be that you, <laughs> what if I believe, you know, I've had this relationship for 30 years and it's always been this way. I, I think if I just soften the belief that I know it's me, but it's that it's me with them. Right. No, no, it's you with the world, right? It it's you matter. with you. <laughs> this is just another self. Yeah. So that, that's a, that is a fun one. And, and I guess, backing up from that is that recognition when you know you've hit an a manifestation event or you know you've hit some belief is when you recognize that you have judged something well that's really it. cool that you did this uh with the group of the boot camp people i can't wait to hear that that recording mm, well you probably aren't going to why, why not <laughs> i did not record it it was you not meant to be recorded you, you chose not to record it i did <laughs> and you chose to experience me not recording it. <laughs> My limiting belief is, is that I you cannot create can't your reality. Anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is your reality. I can't create in it. For some reason, your calls aren't getting recorded. <laughs> right. right. So I um yeah, it was it was really cool. But that that moment where we judge something and that when you can break down quite a bit can do you have that where you recognize that now and say, Oh, there it is. There it is. Even if you just look and say, that's something that really isn't impacting you at all, but you look over there and see it and say, well, that's ridiculous. hundred percent in judgment. Judge now, something. when I judge something, I'm like, Oh, cancel clear. You know, it's not, <laughs> cancel it's, not that, clear. it's not that loud ass muffler in the truck going down the street, disrupting my peaceful morning. It's me. Right. Mm -hmm. How's it me again? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So for the purposes of this conversation, um, the moment that you can judge anything as bad or wrong and examples of that would be just like that, that um, person driving down the road with their bass music playing very loudly. And so maybe that does interrupt me perhaps something that I recognize in the mall with someone walking down in, you know, with their pants hanging around their butt and their underwear sticking out. Right. I might have said, Oh God, that is so ridiculous. Well, that's fine. And I notice when I coach people that when I mention that they can judge something, they will quickly retort and say, Oh no, no, I'm not judging it. It's just an observation. Yeah. Right. An and, observation and I get that. that. You that you think is wrong and bad. A hundred percent, right? It's just, I'm just observing. No, no, no. I'm just really observing that she's very insecure. And so I'm using that as a mirror to say, where am I insecure? But I'm also, you know, look, it's, it's even more simple than that. You don't, you are deciding what he or she is, 
what they are reflecting back to you. And that's the, that mirror point, but it's, it really is just this moment that I can say that's and bad or wrong. Joshua uses those terms and I get why they use them. I just know that a lot of students, no, I don't think it's bad or wrong. I don't think it's bad or wrong. I, I just, it's just observe. I'm just observing that thing about him or her. It's not bad or wrong. I understand. It's just, I accept that's just who they are, what they are. Just that is a judgment thinking that, you know, what something is, what it isn't, who that's someone is the definition of the word judgment, you are judging it. So if you can judge anything, you have a limitation period right is that simple and that's a really tough one when i'm coaching someone well, what what could it possibly be i just noticed that she's so where am i insecure well not necessarily because you judge their insecurity you judge their behavior as a a, a symptom of insecurity does not mean that the universe is trying to point out where you're insecure your judgment of that it correct or not is just simply all that it is. It means nothing. What you want to know is I just judged it. Now, how do I feel when I witness that behavior? Right. Right. This is how I feel. What are the thoughts? Now you can find your own limitation. It may have nothing to do with insecurity. Good, but it may yeah. not. Well, it's generally a fear and you don't call it a fear. And if you had like my, my whole life, I wanted the superpower that I could make anyone think whatever I want them to think. So if they're driving down a car blasting their mu music, I want them to think that it is so loud, it's gonna burst their eardrums and they have to, but I'd spend my whole day making people think what I want them to think. And right. of course that's, that's silly, but it's, it would be a good- <laughs> It's fun though, it's a fun idea. It's better than emotional sensitivity for sure. <laughs> yeah that superpower I, I still beg to differ with white light and joshua on that one that oh yeah here's what you want yeah, no, yeah. i know i i get it i get it that it is but um but <clears throat> why I is emotional sensitivity a superpower emotion i to me it's a superpower because if you are extremely emotionally sensitive you are tuned in you can recognize the communication from your inner self much more easily, much more quickly and nuanced. If you wow. are sensitive to your emotions, you know where your perspective is all the time, loud and clear. Right. You will feel bad more intensely than most people at an at some event or some person, and you will not stand for it. You'll have to do something. Mm -hmm. It will feel so horrible to you, right? And um, yeah, and that's not not always, you know, great for people, but I I like it more and more. And I, I don't consider myself to be particularly emotionally sensitive, but uh, I am so I sensitive. Like I'm sensitive in every single area. You're a big baby. <laughs> right. It's not tough to be sensitive. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I would have not done well on a ranch. I, I would have, I would have not made it through 1883. You would know. <laughs> you would not have. You know, I don't know that many of us would have, though. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have either. I don't know. I don't think so. I being dirty and smelling like a goat probably <laughs> suited me well. I would have just been suicidal. Forget yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs>
So, so yeah. So our conversation about this uh, with Jessica was was really interesting because we have a a lot of a lot of agreement. She's really brilliant at discussing and and walking people through how to um, process these limiting beliefs with this form that you channeled so brilliantly in the boot camp. And it really is this practical way to work through this. I think the biggest thing I have with people is helping them recognize when they need to pick it up. It seems yeah. so simple. <clears throat> I just, do you feel bad? Do you feel really good? Pick it up. Yeah. If I just pick the thing up if some you have some thought or event. It, um, Jessica and I have a little bit of a, a difference in it with that mirror concept with somebody mirroring something back to me that, Right, that they yeah. are. At a, well, I think it doesn't matter. You know, what I love about the boot camp is that the first week there's no manifestation event form. And then from the second week on, you have one to do every day. And it's always that second week where everyone's hit with these manifestation events and they feel like their life has fallen apart. But it's simply the universe or their inner self leading them into these experiences so that they have work that they can do. Yeah. Um, so you can play with it. And yeah. yeah, and none of it's ever really serious. It's just a lot. It's a deluge of them. It, and with me and with the friends that I went through my first and second boot camp with, it's nothing huge. I mean, very few people have someone, you know, die or no, they're never huge. they want a divorce. It's just, you know, my refrigerator went out. Right. My dishwasher went out. It, you know, I had a flat tire. Lily's Lily's truck kept breaking down in the middle of the road. I mean, just you name it. It was just little things like that that stopped me from getting where I wanted to go. Made me have to, you know, take all the food out. But it was just stupid things. But you do get it. You get to practice at it. And, you know, what in the world could that limiting belief be? Did you have an event of your refrigerator coming out? Really, the bigger manifestation events come in regard to your identity. And when you're holding on to something that props up that identity, which is the identity is the most limiting thing we have, then manifestation events come around that. And I had one about um, respect when I was in Sarasota that time. And Mm -hmm. that was a funny one. And I felt, oh my God, it was so painful. (laughs) So here's what happened. Yeah, I was going to say, was it? Yeah, tell us because that is really interesting. I'm walking the dog in the morning. We're going to have friends over in the evening for dinner. I thought it might be nice to have seafood since we're on the beach. And I walked past this little seafood place, but the sun was shining early in the morning and I couldn't see inside. So I pressed my head up to see if it was open. And if the I, I didn't know if it was a restaurant or a market. I couldn't tell from the signage. And so I looked in and the door was open and I hear this guy say, you can come in, you know. And I said, oh, no, I have my dog. I didn't want to, can't walk in a restaurant with a dog. And... You know, and then I hear him muttering, and he says, um, idiots get my windows all greasy with their face and their <laughs> fingerprints. You know, he had just washed the window. And I'm like, fuck this guy. I was <laughs> I was livid. And I'm like, all the thoughts that came to me, I'm going to call his boss. I'm going to leave a one-star review. I'm going to get him fired. I'm going to, you know, come back and buy a whole bunch of stuff and then leave before you pay before i pay for all these all these ideas of revenge mm-hmm. and i thought okay there's urges to separate myself 
from this guy in a situation and that took me a long time to calm down and you know it had nothing to do with that i I could have been you know anybody he didn't know he didn't even see me right in a bad mood or whatever but he came there perfectly to show me this belief i had and that was all about my identity needing to be respected after all this you know whatever life i've lived Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so. Right. How could you mistake me for a standard tourist who doesn't <laughs> care about the fact that you own a business and right, you know, you just I am not that person. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That the bigger ones do come come with that, but you you have to get to this spot of being able to recognize when you think something is wrong or bad, when, when you have a thought and you're feeling crappy, you can say, okay, I can process this. This thought is that there, you know, for me, it was, there are going to be consequences for leaving my hometown and spending so much time in North Carolina. And the consequences that are my relationship with my daughter is going to change. And it always felt bad when I had the thought. And even as many of these things as I have done as cognizant as I am and conscious as I am of this sort of thing, it still felt like a truth to me and not like something to process. Mm. That's one of those, one of those moments. And I've shared it a lot with everyone in our community and our group that even that I just, that was just true. It was so true that I couldn't see it as a belief. It wasn't a belief. It was just true. And that's one of those, one of those tricky things about this that we do to ourselves. It was, of course, it's going to change. I mean, physically, you're just not there as much. You're not going to be laying on the couch with her, cooking dinner with her every night. You're, you're not going to be doing that. Now she's an adult, but still we were doing that stuff. So naturally it's going to change. And rather than processing it, then I had an event. I didn't, I kept ignoring it, it, not even ignoring it intentionally. I just thought it was the truth course it's going to change and like that but okay and then i had a massive event that also pointed to my identity i could have processed that at that thought level wait a minute i feel bad here this thought what am i thinking and does change mean bad right what is it and i could have pulled out that form and processed that over and over again and never had the event show up yeah and that's a very interesting thing about these limitations right? They show up first at our, it's a thought. You just keep thinking over and over again. It feels bad, but we just keep doing it. Yeah. It, uh, it'll be subtle in a thought and you'll think it's a fact and you entrench that limiting belief, but that limiting belief is limiting you. So the manifestation event has to come and this time it comes more pronounced so that you'll notice it. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then if you keep ignoring it and the limiting belief grows stronger and stronger, then it goes into your body and mm-hmm. then you get cancer and then you die. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> you better do it. <laughs> <You're>, okay. <laughs> this is okay. also full not dis- true. Full disclosure. <laughs> I've only ever done, you know, maybe 30 or 40 of them in my life. <laughs> Which is so crazy to me. And I do, I do find that I have a lot of co- clients that I coach that really resist it. And it's almost like intelligence, this, this level of, it's not intelligence, but it's, 
academia. Oh, I've been through so much school. I don't need to write it down. I can do this in my head. That's only for people that need to. It's like long division. People think it's like that. Oh no, I yeah. can divide that in my head. The dumb class has to write it down. That's the me. Dumb class has to do right. The dumb That's class has to do long division. <laughs> I don't have to. And yep. I'm telling you, it's across the board. I've coached a lot of people now and, yep. and you included, and it's, it, no, I don't need to write it down. I, I, I do them in my head. No, you don't. You don't. You, I do you the little ones in my head, but you don't No, <laughs> not the big ones. Well, no. you made me do one when I, what was I sick or I You're had... sick, and I wasn't <laughs> going to give you the messages as a yeah. no. It's much easier if you tell me what the issue is. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And it, you know, you don't, but the, the slowing down and the movement, the motion with the pen is a, a focus of a channel that allows things to move through you in a way that just, and, and nobody sits down. You don't sit down at your desk and think through a manifestation event form. You don't sit down at your desk and focus on that with your arms folded and your eyes closed. No, you're shopping at the grocery store. You're on your computer. You're talking to a friend. You're walking the dog. You're waving to the neighbors. You're doing all kinds of stuff. You're not processing it. You're just not. I mean, yeah. it's, and that's, it's and like, I sometimes think the little ones are harder. Right. Because you, know? you, you think you can do it in your head, but it really is like meditating. You don't walk in nature and meditate. You don't walk your dog and meditate. All nope. these people tell me this all the time. Oh, I just meditate in nature. No, you don't. You got to sit down or lay down and close your eyes and get into a void. Mm -hmm. And the same is true with this. So this is all about sitting down, getting a piece of paper out and a pen, and then allowing the thoughts to flow from your inner self. So that, right. that's why really you have to get back into a positive emotional state of being before you do this, because the thoughts will just be urges. You won't get there. And that's a lot. A lot of people do it right after a manifestation event. And we say, no, you got to wait until you get back into a positive emotional state of being. Mm -hmm. But by yeah. that time you feel good. So you don't think you need so to you do don't, it. <laughs> right. So you don't, yeah, you don't work on it. And that's, that is one of those interesting sort of spiritual principles about uh, making a promise to yourself, to your inner self and having constant communication with your ego and your inner self is that that event is sit down, jot down what happened and very quickly, what thoughts are you having right now? And how do you feel? Yeah. Then you go away right. from it. If you, right. if you can't move forward, it's the, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really bad right now. I'm not going to pry. No, you don't have to go all the way through it. Yes. You that's a great point. And I never even thought about that, but you felt the first few lines of the form and then you leave it and then you go back and finish it. And you you make a commitment to yeah. your inner self. I'm going to stop now. I'm going to focus. I'm going to pet the cat. I'm going to focus on something else and let my cork float up to the top here. How does here. petting the cat help? That would just make me sneeze. Again, baby. He's <laughs> <laughs> sensitive. You're not allergic to cats. You just think you are. Um, <laughs> we, have, we have proof. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And so then you make a promise. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go back to this and then continue to write it down. Right. And it's, it's all just fun. It shouldn't be some big effort and struggle, but these limitations, we really clearly know Joshua has said for a long time, you're limitless is the first words, right? Magnificent, no, first word limitless. Is, no, being first, of, first word well, is everything's right. No, I know that. But I mean, when talking about who we are, 
the first word in that sentence, magnificent, limitless being, right? Eternal. Eternal. Eternal, right. And limitless is clearly in there. So if that's true, then there are no limitations on us. And we, we impose them on ourselves and we impose them on everyone around us. And that's, that isn't, that is another one, right? That's another one that just in my experience, I limit you. I like this. I'm just reading this. Oh, by the way, it's 10 years since this book was finished. Perception of reality. I know. I said, congratulations to you yesterday. I don't, incredible. Re- I don't remember that. Because okay. I said, told you, I said, I would have made a bigger deal out of it if I had known. I had no idea. <laughs> it's really cool. So they say, we come to teach you these things we know so that you can live a wonderful life while you're here. You will come to know what we know eventually. When you die, you will know what we know. We hope you come to know it as fully as you can now. You know, That's right. You don't know anything until you die, but you'll know it instantly when you die. And it'll be like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to be like, oh, oh, darn it. Oh shit! There's no regret in the non-physical. I don't. I listen. The non-physical that I have had the privilege to consciously speak to, absolutely not. No. Not even not apology, not regret. The only way that that I get that sense is if the person I am channeling for needs it, and it's always prefaced with me. They preface it to me in that way. This is well. Yeah, but we talked to Alexander Graham Bell the other night, and he said he could have brought in a lot more inventions and ideas had he not been so ego driven. He wasn't regretting it though. No, no, he just he was teaching. That. Yeah, teaching yeah. those of us he was talking to something, showing yeah. us what we are, even in this very limited perspective, what we are capable of and what gets in our way that is absolutely 100% meaningless. Well, and and it's all based in this identity, you know? Yeah. Um, All right. So after this, we are going to play the um, interview that we did with Jessica and go through what the Living Belief Workshop's all about, how she's become a professional limiting belief um, counselor, counselor, consultant, I don't know, therapist. <laughs> therapist, counselor, <laughs> consultant, Fixer. all of the above, limiting belief processing expert. Yeah, she started taking over the limiting belief workshops for me early on in the boot camp and has done hundreds and hundreds of them and does consultations with people all over the place. Mm-hmm. The it's interesting because the boot camp was channeled in the end of 2018. We had the first boot camps in 2019. We've we're on boot camp 23 now. There's been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who've gone through it, but until early last year, we didn't realize just how advanced it is and how difficult the boot camp is if you're just starting out. And so then you brought in the idea of basic training and we channeled that and then foundations and channeled that. So now we have foundations. That's a 28-day course that uh, really brings you up to speed spiritually. Then basic training introduces this idea of limiting beliefs and part of the limiting belief uh, form. Mm-hmm. And so by the time you get into into base into a boot camp after that, 
you're so much more up to speed. It was almost like we had a, a college program and everyone was in kindergarten. So now we have elementary school, high school, and now they can take the college. So I, we had a lot of dropouts because of this reason and people mm -hmm. just would not do the form or would not do the boot camp more than once. And um, uh, yeah. because of this, you know, even though we had the workshops and the, and the coaching and, and coaches and partners and all that, it was just that whole idea that that belief is not a fact, it's just a belief. There are no facts. I was talking to someone, I think I was talking to Bruce. I said, okay, you think you know things? He goes, yeah. I go, what do you know? I know the day I was born. I said, you do, do you? How do you know? Were you there? Yeah. So do you had a perspective or a perception of yourself, you know, when you were born to know what the date was? And he goes, no, but it's written on my birth certificate. I said, okay. Right? So someone else told you what it was. And your parents told you what it was. But are you sure? You know, you don't know. You have a, a very high probability that that's accurate. And then you could also get into the idea of, you know, you're just calling that a month and a day and a year. And that doesn't really have any much meaning in it anyway. Uh, right. So there's all these things that you, when you think about the edges of it, we do not know anything. They're just beliefs. Yeah, just beliefs. I, I got a little nervous when I was, sometimes I have these conversations going with white light while I'm channeling. I was doing Joshua Live last month, I guess, right Christmas, right before Christmas. And they came out with that, this statement of, you know, you're, you're just a bunch, you're all just a bunch of beliefs. And I was yeah. like, Oh, I, you know, is it starting to come out? I hear it like, no, don't say that, but it really is true. They meant it in sort of this light, easy sort of jest. Right. But it, I, I really think it's literal. We, we kind of are just, you're just a that. bundle of beliefs and your entire life is representative of that bundle of beliefs. You change those beliefs. You have a completely different life. Mm -hmm. Now, it's interesting to say that <laughs> this is like the most obvious thing that no one chooses their religion. Mm -hmm. You're born in Tennessee, you're likely to be Christian, or you're born to Jewish parents, you're likely to be Jewish, right? <laughs> Nobody goes out and says, all right, you're five years old. Here's a bunch of pamphlets. Choose which one you like. <laughs> Nobody does that. <laughs> Pick one. Right? Yeah. Uh, that's a part of why we chose to be born into the families we were born into to adopt these sort of beliefs. You will notice if you look at the statistics on the podcast is that 60% of listeners are in North America. So 60% of spiritually minded people are in North Carolina, uh, North America. In that, you know, 40% or 30% are in California. But oh, okay. then there's UK, Australia, New Zealand, then the Scandinavian countries, and the Netherlands. And hmm. then there's France and Italy. Well, much less Italy, because Italy, the beliefs around religion are much stronger there. But as you go west in those Baltic region states and in obviously Russia and things like that. Now, of course, they mm -hmm. don't speak English, but there's enough of them that could be representative. But it's almost zero. You go to South Africa, there's a bunch where I was born. 
but nothing in Africa. And there's quite a bit in the Middle East. Mm. There's Oman and there's uh, Egypt and Iraq and um, UAE and Saudi Arabia. That's interesting mm-hmm. to me. You know, that is interesting. That's interesting yeah. to me as well. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, we have quite a few in our community from that region. We sure do. As well. So yeah. great. That's pretty cool. All right. Um, then I'm going to tack on our interview with Jessica right now. Okay. So thank you for being here and get ready for Jessica. All right. So today we are going to talk about limitations and limiting beliefs, right, Gary? That's Sound right. Good? Yep. <laughs> and we have somebody with us who's going to help us along with that. That is our dear friend, Jessica Awadi. Yeah? Thank you. Yes, absolutely. I'm Thanks so for doing this. to be here. Oh my That's God, great. it's my pleasure. So Jessica pleasure. has recently released, is this your first book, Jessica? Um, my first personal book, yes. Personal I've written book. many books for work, but this right. is... Um, this is my 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 personal right. creation. So it's how to process limiting beliefs, a guide, right? A guide to mm-hmm. what? Stepping out of victimhood and creating a preferred reality deliberately. Wonderful. All right. So it's ebook now. It's an ebook now. Yeah, it'll come out as a paperback shortly, probably in two weeks. So all right. It's, so it's in from the, the time right of now. this recording, about two weeks. By the time everybody hears this. It may be just about yeah, ready. So it should be that's out, awesome. Exactly. All right. So it's great. So we um this is really a part two. We did part one on alignment. And as we start talking mm-hmm. about alignment, we really walked through both of us how we first heard that word and and started talking about all the nuances to what it is, how to get into alignment, how to stay in alignment. And we kept coming mm-hmm. back to this idea of limiting beliefs or self-imposed limitation. So, and the idea here is that alignment emerges once you process limiting beliefs. Oh yeah. You know, if you're into oh. Abraham, yeah. just get in the vortex. Just get in the vortex. Well, yeah, yeah. raise your vibration. You know, <laughs> think positive thoughts. You know, get in the vortex. What the hell is this vortex, anyways? You see, I mean, come on, right? Yeah, the vortex is where all your stuff is. Yeah, all the things that I want, but then what about what I think I want versus what I truly want? See, they don't really address all that. We oh think no, it's what we think we want, obviously. Right. Why don't we start? Th- I- <laughs> Go ahead. Why don't we start this conversation with your where you started? How you got? Oh yes, I, in fact, I was journey. just going to do that. Well, I mean, I started this, you know, many, many years ago when I first read my Seth book. You know, when I was nineteen, uh, my mom was into all that stuff. So it was Seth Castaneda, Sri Aurobindo, the Mother, Gordiev, um, Krishnamurti. I mean, all these great, grand ascended masters. Okay, that really set the entire planet in a new direction. But um, in two thousand ten. You know, I'd, I'd done a lot of energy work with Castaneda. I was a personal student of Castaneda and his group. Um, a lot of energy work and uh, it was fascinating stuff. But I realized that my life really wasn't changing. Now, the tools that Castaneda gave us were very time consuming. They are tools that can actually help you change your life. He did it. The entire group did it. 
but it is extremely time consuming. It, for example, you want to recapitulate your entire life, every scene of your life. You would write this down. You would have a list of people whom you met in your entire life. And then you would take each scene and breathe in the energy that you left in that scene and you exhale the energy that other people left within you. And that is a very powerful exercise because it brings you straight into the reality and the truth of what this moment really was, not your perceived ideas of what who the other person is or the conditions, but it brings you into the truth and it just really, I mean, it makes your perception of reality crumble entirely. It's a very time-consuming process, extremely powerful, but very time-consuming Carlos and his cohorts recapitulated, uh, recapitulated their entire lives three times, sometimes more. So they really deconstructed their personal history, their egos, and all of that. It works. There, is, there are many ways to create a preferred reality. This one was very time-consuming, very efficient, and I just didn't have the time and probably not the discipline either. Then obviously came Abraham, the whole understanding of, you know, vibration, you as you create, as you vibrate, etc. And I read one of the, the Abraham statements was, it was about money, I remember. Uh, somebody had asked that question in one of their workshops and they said, well, of course, if you have um, limiting beliefs surrounding money, you have to unravel that. And I nearly punched through the screen because I was looking at that on YouTube. I'm like, well, how do you unravel that? They never actually addressed the how to unravel your beliefs surrounding money. They made it clear that my vibration was where it was because of a limiting belief, but they didn't tell us how. And my intent was out there, you know, I have to understand this because Seth, of course, in every single book, but especially in the nature of personal reality, is talking about limiting beliefs, nothing but beliefs. We will, we create our reality based on our beliefs. Our beliefs literally form reality. So how do I change my beliefs? I was clear on the beliefs, the limitations that I had set upon myself. I was clear on them, but how to change them? And my intent was out there. And I was, I mean, my life was just solo. Marriage was coming to an end. I was very unhappy, overworked, 16-hour days uh, of work, working as an um, editor for Berlitz, you know, in, in the publishing industry. And um, so really my intent was out there. I need the solution. I want the solution of how to process limiting beliefs. Bing! <laughs> One day I get an email, how to process limiting beliefs in seven days. I'm like, where is that even coming from? Gary Temple Bodley. Whoa, whoa, what? Whoa, whoa, what? I go through it. Oh, there it was. I did the first manifestation event right there. That was part of, of your seven-day process, Gary. And from beginning to end, that was it. I had a living belief. I proved it false. And I was elated afterwards. My life changed. Everything changed. And I knew this was it. And I never looked back. That was that. That was that. Thanks to you. And guess why I got this email, Gary? Because blissfully, a friend of mine in France who doesn't speak English was going through a very hard time. And I recommended um, uh, Esther and, and Jerry Hicks to them, the law of attraction. But um, it was the material was all in English and her English was very, very poor. So I did some research on the law of attraction and found our sweet dear Audrey in, uh, in Canada 
who had translated all of that into uh, French. And as I'm looking, because I speak French, as I'm looking at whatever she's working on, I'm seeing Gary Temple Bobley. Okay, I'm signing up. And that's how I signed up. Not really for myself, but for my friend. And thanks to that divine moment of me signing up for those emails, Gary, I got your process that you channeled, this divine wow. process. And that was that. And then came the boot camp. And then, of course, that was that. That was it was it was an explosion <laughs> of well-being and change. That's and amazing. That is so cool. yeah. How it came from Audrey. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Because of her French. Yes. Because yeah. I had looked at that stuff like, oh yeah, that's a lot of attraction. Okay, you know, somebody else is talking about it. Oh, <laughs> was I mistaken? <laughs> Thankfully, I had signed up for that. Who we were and talking to? My life. Yeah, who we were talking to uh, that said that we're all just a bubble, a bunch of bubbles of belief. Just floating around these white light. Yeah. Unjudged <laughs> alive. Yeah. That's it. Oh, I would so yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. Beautifully, beautifully said, of course. Where we got to recently is we realized that we don't know anything. We just believe everything. And the thing you think you know, it's just a belief anyway. The the thing you think is yeah. a fact is just a belief. So everything it's is just a, a bunch thought, of you thought over and over and over again and you accepted it as truly as truth eventually. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the thing is, nobody teaches us to question those thoughts, right. question right. those beliefs. Not even Abraham. You know, yeah, we they were just talking... say, go change your vibration. Yeah, <laughs> feel good. Okay, what if I can't feel good because my life is awful right now? You're right. Right. How do I go about that? And I remember at the time, well, it's all fine and dandy. I watched the videos. I listened to the meditations for 15, 20 minutes in a row. And I felt great afterwards, maybe for 10, 20 minutes. But what about the remaining 23 hours of my day where my vibration right. was tanking? I knew full well I couldn't create something better. It just wouldn't work. You know, the balance wasn't there. Right. Yeah. So yeah, then came you. There's so much into that, that if... There's so many things that we that humans all think are bad. So everyone has the same belief of this. And then 9-11 happened. And this is for me way before I got into Abraham. And I had thought, you know, everyone over here is grieving, but all the terrorists or everyone, you know, a certain amount of people in the Middle East are celebrating. So there has to be two different perspectives there. And it was based in a perspective that caused someone to be upset or someone to be happy. So we all agree if you should cry at weddings, except for Christy doesn't believe that. Funerals, you mean? Funerals, funerals. funerals. I mean. No, no, weddings. <laughs> <laughs> funerals, right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, or someone dies, you know. Um, but everything is perspective. Everything's and, perspective, and that perspective is based in your beliefs. Yeah. And really mean? the key to feeling good is alter what you believe. Change your beliefs and your reality will change. It's really as simple as that. Yeah. That's a simple statement, and it is the truth. If there, I mean, it's an axiom, absolutely. But how do you change your beliefs? That's what you gave us, Gary. That's what Joshua gave us. And I will be eternally grateful right to you i mean <laughs> eternally i cannot express the degree of gratitude that i have for that because that's how you change your life by changing your beliefs 
you know, and psychology, everybody's talking about it. In fact, people have talked about it for decades. You think of Neville Goddard, you know, um, Seth, of course, you know, since the 60s, Casaneda has talked about it, uh, Gordiev, you know, I mean, people have understood, you know, what creates our reality for the longest time. And, and of course, Seth has given us many beautiful exercises in terms of changing your beliefs, very much, um, I would say, like, um, like Abraham, because it's a part of use your imagination, focus on what you want. Well, for me, that was always extremely difficult. I suck at imagining things. I oh, really do. It's no. the weirdest thing. I cannot envision, I cannot hold a vision in my head for some reason. I, I don't have visual. That's, that is a 5% of the population is called aphantasia. We had just about a year ago figured out that Christy doesn't have it. And we realized that because she's a, a, a psychic, huh. if she could imagine things well, then when she gets the image that's coming in, she would just think she's imagining it. Right. Oh, but, yes. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yes, that makes all the sense. Of course. I think that's that is really why I trusted it where the rest of you, you know, well, the rest uh -huh. of most people don't because it yeah. came in in pictures at first and I knew and I could not, do that. Yeah. That's ah, not me. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. It's very rare. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's literally for me impossible to envision anything, which is a problem, right? When it comes to Abraham and everything else, right? Because yeah. I really thought, Jim, it's not going to work. I cannot muster up the discipline. I don't think I have the brain neurons to do that, to hold up an image. It's right. just so complicated. And then I attracted this into my life and that was it. That's all I needed. It's a very analytical process, very doable, very tangible. I, I wouldn't say very easy because a lot of people have a hard time proving their limiting beliefs false conclusively. You know, mm -hmm. they can go to an intellectual level, you know, of, yeah, sure. It makes sense that this would be false, but for some reason I'm still feeling differently, right? So of course it's when we go deeper that the real changes happen, but it's very tangible still. It's a very easy, tangible process that right. everyone can do. It yeah, so everyone can do it. Yeah. Well, look at this. It really seems like you were put on this planet to figure out these limiting beliefs <laughs> and to make this your thing. And it happens to be because you have aphantasia. Had you been able to imagine, then you wouldn't wouldn't have been looking so hard for something else. I wouldn't have been so desperate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. 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 See. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay, that's that so interesting. interesting. Yeah, it's it fascinating. Is. Fascinating. I'm. I'm. Oof. I mean, what a relief, right? Because <laughs> I really thought there was something wrong with my brain. That, yeah, that's the thing. I've run into that's a why... few people with it, and it's rare. It's a 5% of the population, like Gary said. But I would go nuts doing guided meditations. I want to That's throw why I can only do guided meditation. Stop Forget it. Me, if I, I have to meditate on my own, forget <laughs> it. <laughs> Just tell me to picture, oh, you're in a raft riding down a river. Oh, I can't do that. I can't do it. No. I can't. At least I can pretend, you know, just by, I mean, I can, you know, but without that, it's impossible. How, how do you meditate without being guided somehow, you know? And even that doesn't really work. I mean, in terms of imagery, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thank God. Okay. That makes me feel a whole lot better. <laughs> one, one limiting belief less I don't have to look at. Right. Yeah. Something <laughs> wrong with me. <laughs> no, so no, then no. you, you took over doing the 
limiting belief workshops yes very quickly which is great because i did not like doing them <laughs> oh my god i'm so glad you didn't <laughs> so how many calls do you group calls you think you've been on processing limiting beliefs by now oh my god i mean i can't i don't i wouldn't even know um hundreds <laughs> if not if not more, I mean, I, yeah. I think I've reached, I've, I've crossed the thousand threshold. It's been years. Wow. It's been yeah. Years. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, and that has been my ascension. You know, I've learned so much yeah. through helping other people process their limiting beliefs. It really, you know, it was re beautiful because it really boils down to we really maybe have maybe a dozen core limiting beliefs, all of us, and they're all the same. They're real, we have the same, same beliefs, you know? I mean, we grew up in the same society, obviously, right? So we have very, very similar beliefs, if, if not the same. It's just, unfortunately here, we can't process them uh, the same way because we have different personal histories, you know? Yeah. We, ah. we, we are triggered, our, we have the same beliefs, but they're triggered in different conditions, you know? So, and it's those conditions that we create that help us understand that we have a limiting belief and then those particular conditions help us transcend it by understanding how our creating this particular condition is for me right see we all have the limiting belief that war is bad let's say you see but i believe it because i remember looking at my grandmother's eyes when i was little and when i asked her to tell me about the war in germany she started crying mm -hmm. so so it wasn't so much that war is bad, is that the belief was that there's sadness involved when people are experiencing war, you know? So we go deeper into the truth of the belief, you know? Yeah. I never really believed that war is bad because I didn't experience it. How could I know? Right. Obviously, you know, it's safe to assume that war is bad, but how could I truly know? It was just something I picked up based on that particular experience. Everyone else has different experience. And it's these experiences that we have to go back to when we want to address core limiting beliefs, not the mm. general ones, you know, but the core ones, war is bad. It's difficult to make money, you see? We pick that up early, early on. So we go back and like Abraham says, the vibration that we had when this happened is exactly the same we carry on now. So it doesn't matter whether we process a manifestation event that happened now, or the one that happened then. It's exactly the same thing. So, yeah, yeah so the only thing that's different is your perspective. Is now, the perspective, exactly. And it might be actually safer, I would say, to go back to the original condition because now, you know, the conditions are so different. We see things from different perspectives. We're adults, you know, we have a certain understanding. It's very easy to fool ourselves into not getting to the core limiting belief, you know? And so I get that a lot with people, they stay up here at this level at the superficial or the upper layer layer belief um, level. And they feel a little better proving that false, but there's no real breakthrough because the core is nicely hidden way deep down inside mm -hmm. by the ego, making sure we stay safe because we can't get yeah. there, we can't go there. Sounds, uh, uh, you know, the manifestation event part of it, is where Joshua starts. When something that you consider bad is happening, that thing and all the people involved, that manifestation event is there to show you a limiting belief. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to really look for it because they're gonna happen. 
and you process these ones that are happening because they're right there in the moment and they're orchestrated. This is what Josh was saying in white light is that these things are specifically orchestrated for this now moment, because this is the vibration you're offering. Yes, 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 yes. And I fully wholeheartedly agree with that. But if you, at one point, you're still going to get the same manifestation events. They're going to be lesser, but why are they still being created? So you have one manifestation event, you process it. Many times I've had a nice amount of relief, okay? There was this breakthrough. I really liberated myself. The conditions were unchanged, and yet I felt perfect. So I was no longer emotionally at the mercy of those conditions. So really, the breakthrough happened when I processed the belief. But still, the manifestation event would reoccur, slightly different, maybe not as intensely, and I would have to wonder what is going on here? Why am I recreating this for me and how, right? And so that's when you really ask yourself, why? What am I missing? What did I miss two months ago or six months ago when this essentially similar manifestation event happened? Oh, and you can go so deep and you can go so deep. And eventually <laughs> yeah. you will get some, what Joshua calls the missing information that eluded you completely. No matter how advanced we are, no matter how many limiting beliefs we process, right? There's this missing information that eludes you that once you hear it or feel it, it so blows your mind away that instantly your life must change. That's Here's what my it theory. Be. Here's my theory. Thanks to white light, actually, is that you're going to have these experiences and you're going to keep having them mm -hmm. until you're done having them, until you've gotten all the information. Yes, until you no longer need them for yourself. Well, here's the idea. Mm -hmm. You have some fear. Mm -hmm. It usually relates to your identity. So something happens to knock this part of your identity off because you are limited essentially by your identity. So for me, it was success. So there's a lot of these manifestation events around success. And I kept having them process limiting beliefs, kept having them process limiting beliefs, softer, softer, softer. Mm -hmm. Until I got, it was about my identity and I was holding myself up to be successful. And that was representing something good about me. Yes. And if I lost that, then I lost this aspect of my identity. Then what? Once I wrote that email to everyone and said, I am not successful. I am not identifying as successful. Here's all the evidence that proves that I'm not successful. Mm -hmm. And I no longer need to be successful for you to appreciate me or love me or like me or respect me. Mm -hmm. Once that happened, then... 99% of it went away. That's Not only wonderful. that, then you can get to this level that if something happens like this, the same recurring kind of manifestation event, now I see it as a gift. I want it to happen. I'm not yes. afraid of it happening. Exactly, exactly. Keeping in mind that should it happen again, because you still need it, there's something yet to be discovered. Exactly. Right. Otherwise, it couldn't happen. Otherwise, couldn't happen. What, what? where is the need for it to happen? It can't happen unless it you need it to happen. Exactly, exactly. Right. So in other words, now of course, this comes in with our, what we think we want versus what we truly want. Mm -hmm. Do we think we want success or do we truly want success? Where, what is success anyways, except for being happy? You know I mean? Yeah, the it's all elusive, by definition. Yes, exactly. It's my definition. But if you think about it, 
who is happy on this, truly happy on this planet? I mean, a handful, if, if at all. And it certainly has nothing to do with money. That much we know, right? <laughs> um, we still, many of us think that, oh, I would still feel very happy if I had the millions in the bank account. But true happiness is what? That is success. And like uh, Tony Robbins says, you see, he was saying, Jerry was telling me that the other day, um, he has 50 clients amongst his hundreds of thousands of clients who are billionaires and not one of them is happy right one of them. 50 billionaires every single one of them is miserable and even tony robbins now is starting to talk about beliefs limiting mm. beliefs mm. i mean the whole world is is grasping the concept that effort and struggle is not paying off on the contrary because that was tony robbins's motto if you're not getting things done by getting up at six o'clock in the morning, get it done by getting up at three o'clock in the morning. Work hard, be disciplined. And <laughs> 30 years later, 50 clients of his are billionaires. They did what they set out to do and they're miserable. And yeah. so now he's starting to talk about limiting beliefs. Ah, that's what we need. The world is is becoming aware of it. Obviously, we're all growing together, you see, so... Yeah, mm -hmm. but right. the thing is, with you know, the beautiful thing is by addressing, by identifying number one, because that is a step in itself. By identifying and addressing your limiting beliefs, you begin to understand the nature of physical reality and your part in forming it. And that is the most important aspect: is that you understand that you create it. Yeah. If we didn't question our reality. By asking, intuitively asking, there's got to be more to this life. Come on, it can't be this miserable. We can't all be this unhappy and this unfulfilled. If we if we didn't have these limiting beliefs, we would never question reality and never understand that we actually form this reality. And that's what the manifestation event process mm -hmm. clearly shows you, is that you form your reality. Because if you prove your limiting belief false to a point of irrefutability, your life changes overnight within an hour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is all of a sudden you, you have a new reality that you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Where is that coming from? Except from you within having shifted your vibration. Mm -hmm. And now the world reflects it back to you. Right. Well, let's start by defining a limiting belief. Yes, well... A belief. Let's, I think we should start by defining beliefs in general. A belief is a thought you keep thinking over and over and over and over again. You So much so, you thought it for such a long time that you now accept it as the truth. truth. And that goes for empowering beliefs and limiting beliefs. In that sense, they're both absolutely neutral. It's just something that you decide you're going to call it true. Without questioning it, without thinking about questioning it. And of course, that's <laughs> what happens to us when we are children. We just, all right, if that's what mom and dad are thinking and this, this is what the media is saying, well, it must be true. Unfortunately, nobody tells us, is it really true? That actually is the nice thing about Santa uh -huh. and, the, and the Easter Bunny because you, you believe it's true and then you find out, oh my God, this is not true. I wonder what else is not true. Yeah, and then, and then everything... Oh, I shouldn't put it this way. And then you join the world. That's when you join the illusion full-heartedly. And that's when you grow up. That's when you stop being a child because you stop dreaming. You stop believing <laughs> whatever yeah. it is that you want to believe in because you want to believe in it because it's fun. It's the greatest thing in the world, right? Right. Yeah. And, then, and then you join the ranks of the adults, you know, eventually. 
So yes, but it is it is a thought that you keep thinking over and over again. And um, the thing is, though, well, I mean, beneficial beliefs have the power to enhance your life because you believe this to be true. And limiting beliefs, as the name implies, then have the power to restrict your life experience. So since it's a matter, yeah. Yeah, since we're essentially limitless beings. Since we're completely limitless beings, but we forget that. I mean, practically from the get-go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we adopt this idea of limitlessness, a limitedness. Is that how we would say it in English? Limitation. Limitation. Yeah, there you go. Uh, From from a very early on. But we want to add here, you know, to those of us, you know, those of uh, the, the people out there listening, is that this is good. It's a good thing. We came here to forget. We came here to forget so that we could remember. Emmanuel, I don't know if you know this channel um, uh, or these channel beings, um, a channel by Pat Rodegast in the 80s and 90s has a beautiful image where he says, we came to forget clearly so that we would be in the dark. So the darkness is the forgetting. And we would, and we came to put the yes or the light into the forgetting. Children, of course, still have the yes. It's their light. But then they say no. We can't see. It's all terrible. So we came to bring the yes back into the darkness, into the forgetting. And um, and we do that not, and it's a beautiful analogy. I'll share this uh, with you guys later. Not by standing outside of the cave and saying, hey, guys, this is the way out. No, by being inside of the cave and lighting a light and saying, look at us. Here we are. So we have to be in it, in the darkness, in order to remember the light and show others the way out of the darkness. Because we're all leaving the cave together. It's the mass ascension. Right, yeah. So we got to be in here. So it's good to adopt limiting belief. Again, we adopted them for a reason. And the reason is we want to understand the nature of physical reality and and our part in forming it. That's really why I say that limiting beliefs are a far greater blessing than beneficial or empowering beliefs because they make us question our reality they make us put the yes into the no of forgetting they they make us seek you see Mm -hmm. if everything was happy fun where's the evolution there's no need to change there's no need to expand right so benefit limiting beliefs are really the beneficial beliefs yeah and beneficial beliefs keep us small they're important because you know the new souls that are coming in you know aren't i mean physical reality is not the fate of heart right we all know this so yeah you know people (laughs) who have easy lives this is very important they've adopted a lot of beneficial beliefs so they can get adjusted to physical reality you know it's, it's essentially preschool before they enter school you know where where it gets serious in that, whoa, <laughs> let's have some serious manifestation events hit us, some serious fears so we can, you know, walk through the fear and come back to love. So we're advanced physical explorers, as you guys have always said, you know, Joshua and the white light. So, mm-hmm. yeah. right. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a belief for you really in a nutshell. If we know that we, we all are, there's a bundle of beliefs, both mm-hmm. empowering and limiting, then how do we identify a limiting belief? Because I I do remember hearing that and saying, well, I'm really not a victim. I don't, I take responsibility. I don't have a lot of limitations. I I believe I could, you know, within reason do anything I want to do. So 
how do you guys identify on a daily basis when you run into a limiting belief? And then I'll tell you how I do, but what, what do you do? What lets you know that you have found a limiting belief? It feels horrible. <laughs> yeah, but if that's, you have some experience it. that causes negative emotion, right? Exactly. Some, some negative emotion some experience, is your Right. Or in my case now, it's when I judge anything. So yes, but, I, but and, hold on. Let me just add to this here, um, Christy. You can only judge something, even good or bad, mm -hmm. because there's a part of you that doesn't feel good. Yeah. So even like, judgment is based in feeling. A judgment right. is a feeling. Yeah, it is. I don't is. feel good Saying, watching this. Yeah. I don't feel good. Uh, uh, that could be better. It's it's right. all judgment. Judgment is all negative emotion. Yeah, manifested. And I think that's a that's a real interesting spot for a lot of people because when I work with people on an individual basis or even just sitting around in a group, telling a story, and I I say, okay, well, you just found something that you're judging, whether it's mm -hmm. a behavior of your own or someone else's. Uh, something outside of you, a price of something. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You have just mm -hmm. judged something. Yes. And the response many times will be, oh, no, no, it's just an observation. No, 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 no. That's, that's, it's that's, not. that's an easy way out. It's like when we say, well, I'm not inspired to do that because I'm terrified. But It's I'm just not, not an observation. Just pay attention to those moments where you can judge anything. Yes. And, and, and recognize here, that. Yes, yes, Christy. And here, when you are judging, you very simply want to ask yourself, why is this bad? Why am I judging this? And your answer, I'm judging this because that clause that follows is your limiting belief. Right there. They're right there. That's it. That's it. And they'll prove it false. So this is interesting. This is <clears throat> the first word Joshua ever said, ever said is everything is right. So with that context in there, mm -hmm. if you take the position that everything is right, if I see something is wrong or bad, that's a belief that causes you to feel wrong or bad about it. Yes. And that belief can be processed. However, oh, yes. there's so many that we're all going to agree with that are wrong or bad. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if your child writes on the walls with crayon, you're going to have a manifestation event and perceive that as wrong or bad. And teach slash control the child into doing a different behavior mm -hmm. right so that you <laughs> not, can feel better yeah mm -hmm. not appreciating the child for bringing you a manifestation event nope nope, nope. not not until gary temple bodley and joshua come into your life you won't right. be doing that <laughs> yeah yeah so those those little moments where it, it seems so subtle it's insidious it's and it can even run into your preferences. Mm -hmm. I just don't prefer that. I don't prefer that. That's another one that I hear all the time. I don't prefer that. Well, why not? Well, that's just not my kind of person. They're not, that's not my kind of place. Right. And that's again, this is, great. this is great. This is great. I did great um, analysis, but you just want to go, why? Why? This is not my kind of person because mm -hmm. there's your limiting belief. There you go. And you process that, and then you will no longer attract people that would match that judgment. There's mm -hmm. another thing I wanted to add when it comes to judgment, and that really makes it very easy for us to identify the hidden limiting beliefs, is that if we judge somebody, 
we essentially judge ourselves. That's the mirror principle, right? That we've often talked about. So if there is something in this person or in these conditions that I really dislike or that I judge as wrong of any kind, mm-hmm. it's because there's something about me that I dislike, that I misjudge, that I don't like about myself. Something that I don't like so about me. It's so much easier to dislike whatever's going on over there. Right. Then it doesn't have to at- be the same thing. That's that always trips people up. It's oh well, he's insecure, so I'm judging him as insecure. Where am I insecure? Not necessarily. No, no, no. Sometimes I would actually say it is the same thing, except for the people based on their identity will just say, "I'm not insecure. I'm very secure." No, you're not. No, (laughs) you couldn't perceive insecurity if that wasn't part of your vibration. That is the proof right there. So anybody tells you I'm I'm perfectly fine and secure, this this person is just weak. Oh no, 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 no. I can only see weakness if I have weakness within me. And that's where it gets ugly. Because you see, <laughs> and that's where people don't want to assume responsibility because now I'm looking in my mirror because that person that person is reflecting what I'm putting out. And What's going on? What, is, what do I judge as weak about me? That's when the self-loathing comes up. It takes guts to look at that. Ugh. Oh, I really no joke. Deep down inside, I hate this about myself. I am weak. I am not successful. I haven't done. I haven't done anything with my life. I am un. I hate myself for it. But no, 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 no. I will not look at that at all. Right. And yet it is all around me. And so, how nice and easy to judge others for it. Mm-hmm. Right. So any judgment can only happen because you're judging yourself in whatever form. Yep. And you can so that follow you that trail. Back. Yep. Yes. Right to, to your, your own, own limitation. limiting belief. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh. That one will work for me every single time. Yeah. It doesn't. It's a shortcut. Doesn't right. Every single time. It doesn't matter if, even if I find myself listening to, I catch something on the news and roll my eyes. Mm -hmm. Why am I rolling? Yes. But why? What's that about? What is that about? Why did that bother me? What what is bad about it? It sucks. Why? Because there's my limiting belief. It's the because clause. That is your limiting belief. And then get to work. Just prove it's false. Like there's no tomorrow, which there is no tomorrow. And then you're free of it and you will no longer attract it. It is impossible. Right. It is law, you know? Yeah. And that's how you clear all that. Smaller. Oh, yes. That's how you liberate yourself. It's fantastic. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's that's the um, emotional guidance system or the judgment and the mirror principle that will help you identify limiting beliefs. And when you have that limiting belief and you want to check on yourself, whether you've found your real limiting belief, because this particular manifestation event shows a particular limiting belief. So you want to go deeper just to make sure you got the right one. So the manifestation events don't have to be recreated by you. Right. That's what I was um, alluding to earlier. I just, Yes, it was a good limiting belief to identify, but there's another one at the root here that eluded me earlier. Oh, mm-hmm. this is my real problem. Yeah. This you is know, okay, so now I'm proving that one false. White Light said something to me. I was by myself in the closet and they said something about an experience that I was having and I, I seemed to be having it a lot. And, but in all sorts Uh of different ways. And I I recognized it and I said, okay, hold on a minute. What they said was an experience will be repeated. Right. As long as it is still beneficial. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? And they said, okay, even for one millisecond, if you react in fear, meaning you, you bubble up and get angry, you roll your eyes, you have any sort of reaction other than neutrality or something above the horizon line, let's say, right? That anything other than love, then you will experience that again. So I said, well, so wait a minute. I have an experience, I have a flat tire and I go, oh no, wait, Christy, what are you doing? You know, this is for you. And I start laughing and I go, okay, that second of, oh, I will have it again. Now it may not be a flat tire, but all the circumstances around whatever it is will cause me to have that experience again until that experience. I think what they said was no longer useful to the consciousness until that experience is no longer useful Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it becomes no longer useful when you have it and you have the experience in neutrality. And then they followed that up with, you have no idea Mm -hmm. how often you are experiencing things that are very similar, if not identical to something you experienced 10 years ago. But because you are moving through it in the way you're moving through it, it appears to you to be a lot different. And your perspective is so high that that experience coming to you Mm -hmm. doesn't seem the same. And you have no, you react in excitement now or in some sort of emotion of that horizon line. My perspective Mm -hmm. is so high that I don't, I'm unaware that these similar things are happening. So I, I thought that was interesting. You just know it's going to happen as long as it's useful to you. Yes. So yes. Even yes, yes. jumping right to it's for me is mm-hmm. fine. Just know that millisecond of a reaction that you had that was in fear is what exactly. you're wanting to iron out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and right? what irons it ah. out for me is clarity. That mm-hmm. is the clarity. I, you know, and people are different, but I cannot accept acceptance was always such a big one, you know, with Joshua. And I honestly cannot accept a situation as perfect unless I understand how it is perfect. It's really, I, I am incapable of accepting something as per- I mean, I know intellectually it's perfect, but I am not capable of emotionally, with my emotional intelligence, accepting it and feeling it and judging it as perfect. Can't do it unless I get that clarity. And that clarity is that missing information that you get from yourself. And one important thing, um, this is really something I want to point out when we process limiting beliefs, is that, you know, yes, we start out proving a limiting belief false based on intellectual evidence. Yeah. Very, very true. And it works. And it's an important process because in writing out intellectual evidence, we really shut down the ego. We calm that inner dialogue uh, uh, down and the inner self now is getting an opportunity to be heard. So that's why it's very important to start out with intellectual evidence. We got to start somewhere, right? But once you're done with the intellectual evidence, there's really, you can't go any further. Any additional evidence, this evidence that you need to prove it irrefutably, conclusively false, lies beyond your current intellectual reach. It really Mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. Because look at this, look at what we know. We know what we know. I mean, we know about beliefs forming our reality. We know about perception. We know about vibration. The books we've read, the understanding that we have. 
And still, the beliefs aren't changed. So it's not what we know that helps us prove a limiting belief, but it's what our inner self can tell us. In other words, what, what we can hear, it's new missing information. Yeah. So what we need to prove a limiting belief conclusively false lies beyond our intellectual reach. There's no way, in other words, that we can prove a limiting belief false on our own. There is no way. We have to connect. Yes. Yes, sir. I have a thought. Yeah. I think that the experience will help us prove a limiting belief is false. I agree with you. I agree and with you. Be I've information. thought about that along. Yeah. Yes, and there's information. But I yeah, have so not you... seen this happen with core beliefs. I agree with you, Gary. It yeah. has not happened with my core beliefs, unfortunately. So th think of a core belief, mm -hmm. and let's see if we can find a situation. So you said there's nine or ten core beliefs. Like, yeah. Say well, it's unworthiness, nine, or that's a tough one. Nine money blocks that Joshua gave us, and then yeah. the ten empowering beliefs. We believe the opposite. So right there, these are our core ten limiting beliefs in terms of who we truly are. And then, of course, we have, and that's a whole different section, the money blocks. But mm -hmm. generally speaking, when it comes to the truth of who we are, we have 10 limiting beliefs. I don't create my own reality. I am not a limitless being, et cetera, et cetera. I can, uh, right. where are they? They're right here. Mm -hmm. I, I have, this is my Bible here. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't I, even I know this. them. <laughs> I know, I know. Here, I am worthy of every wonderful experience physical reality has to offer. I don't believe that. Core okay. limiting belief. I uh -huh. am focused on what I love. I, I never knew that that's what I was doing. I didn't believe that. And yet, <laughs> I proved to myself. Um, anyways, they're beautiful. They're from the Ascension experience. The thing now is, since I proved those empowering beliefs true and the nine money blocks false, Mm. It's hard for me to answer that anymore. I have in the past, I'll give you an example. I'm a black belt in karate. I'm a girl. I'm not very tall. I'm a woman, not very tall, right? In Germany, doing karate, I mean, even the women, the girls were like a foot taller than I was. And I'm not super tall, uh, super small, but Germans are very tall, right? <laughs> and, and, and when you spar in karate, it's just really, really scary to have somebody that towers over you, okay? Yeah. And so it was like, oh, it was the worst part of karate. And there's, you know, so many aspects. And I loved just about everything. But this was a really tough one for me because I was, I was always so afraid because I felt being shorter, I was at a clear disadvantage. Yet my teacher was short and the best of them all and he was just so fast right but so when it came time for me to spar I was like uh, shaking shaking and when I did it and it w went fine I came back and I was exhilarated so I I know what you mean Gary the experience right. teaches me otherwise right mm -hmm. but it didn't help me create momentum because eventually my limiting belief that I'm short, therefore I'm at a disadvantage, would creep up. So I would have had to continue the pushing against it and exploring the opposite over and over and over. I don't know for how long for me to have new momentum on that empowering belief. Well, your teacher did. Yes, 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 he did. But now, now that I haven't trained for a very long time, if I would go back, I'm pretty sure I would be scared to death. Uh, again, right? Again, you see? <laughs> so that to me, and this is my personal, um, you know, analysis, means that yes, it helps, but it doesn't really help you shift the momentum or create a new momentum on the empowering belief. 
And I see this, by the way, in even proving our limiting beliefs false. So we get to the point of absolute exhilaration because, oh my God, I see it. How could I even believe for one second that this was true when I now clearly see it wasn't, right? But, and this is where in the book, the cultivation comes in of the new empowering belief. If we don't cultivate that new empowering belief, It'll stay with you for a week and then it'll just retreat again. And the old limiting belief, which has decades of momentum, mm -hmm. comes up again. Yeah. So not only do we need to process our limiting beliefs false, but we have to cultivate the new empowering belief in order to really maintain a preferred reality. So okay. there's these two aspects that I've discovered, you know, in this work. So yes, what? action and pushing past fear is wonderful. I don't, I have not seen this. I have not seen long lasting results for me personally. Um, yeah. Cause it's one thing when Joshua says that a limiting belief is just a belief missing information. Yes. And having the pushing past the fear and having the experience what, what a limiting belief does, it stops you from acting when you receive inspiration. So for instance, uh, Jessica is never going to fly to the moon. Mm -hmm. That's a limiting belief, mm -hmm. but it doesn't stop you from doing what you're here to do. No. Right. So it's right. not a yeah. limiting belief, really. It's just, in fact, it, it, it is. It, it limits you from going to the moon, but you're not going to go to the moon. So who cares? So therefore, right? it's not limiting. <laughs> so it's not limiting, right? Not it, I mean, right. it doesn't limit me in the least because but, I don't want, I don't have the desire to go to the moon. If I wanted okay. to be an astronaut, then it would be highly limiting. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the book. When you were thinking of writing the book. Mm hmm you had uh, your ego comes up and says what? I had the inspiration for two weeks I wrote and then nothing. And I, this is my pattern. Chrissy was telling, you know, talking about her pattern. This is my pattern. I've, uh -huh. I've started many books and yet again, after all the work I had done, here I am yet again, faced with the same writer's block, zero inspiration. What's going on? It was a tiny little limiting belief. Guess what it was? I can't finish anything. Uh-huh. And I that's not tiny. That's it's a big massive. One. Yeah. It was big. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah. it took me 20 minutes to prove false. Because mm, all the stuff you minutes. have finished. That is why I finished the book. That's right. the only reason. If I hadn't processed this limiting belief, I would not have been able, physically capable, of finishing the book. You know, it just occurs to me that by finding the evidence that proves the limiting belief false, what you're really doing is raising your perspective. Yes. And meaning you liberate yourself out of that self-imposed limitation, that self-imposed prison, that self-built prison. Right? Yeah, well, out of it, I'm now free. Yeah. The old perspective was, I can't finish anything. You do this work and suddenly your perspective is, well, I can finish. I finished that and I finished that and I finished that. I can finish. And that is the higher perspective. Yes, now, but, but in I, a higher perspective, yeah. now the inspiration's flowing again. Yes. Now, I want to say, though, that, you know, I had a, a few intellectual evidences of things in life that I did finish, but most of it I really didn't finish. So I had a lot of counter evidence. Yeah, but that I doesn't matter. Oh, it did matter because it wasn't sufficient for me to convince myself that I can't finish things. Just that because it finished, happens to me. I yeah, know exactly Just because what I finished yep. this and that, does not help me believe that I can finish this book. Right. What happened was the missing information. Yep. Well, tell me the limiting belief again. The limiting belief says, I, I don't finish anything. I can't finish anything. But mm -hmm. 
if you finish one thing, that belief is false. Yeah, it's false, but it doesn't intellectual. It's intellectual. Yes, that belief is false. I see that, but I'm not feeling that down here. You'd have to change the belief to, I can't finish most things. I, I went there. I can't finish most things. Yes. Now so do I've that one. Soften the belief. So then I have to look at at that one. That's exactly right, Gary. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah. My missing information was, and this was the trick. This is the ego trick, the identity trick. I only looked at important things. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, my ego tells me the little things. Oh, then I say, because I play my little ego game. I'm the devil's advocate here. I say, yeah, inner self, but that's all fine and dandy, but big deal, right? Okay, so I cooked a meal and I finished it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not helping me finish my book right now, okay? And so I'm really demanding more information from that inner self. And then the inner self tells me, hold on. Your marriage. Hold on. Your Ability to process a limiting belief successfully. Mm -hmm. That you begin something and you finish it. And that is grand. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, everything shifted. So my inner self now showed me that my focus was so limited on what was, you know, worthy of being finished. It showed me things that I had started and finished. The work, the boot camp, the starting out with proving limiting beliefs uh, for myself false and then helping others mm-hmm. what an accomplishment and all of a sudden i went from not being able to finish anything to accomplishments mm-hmm. saving my marriage was an accomplishment from beginning to end so that is the missing information we're talking about that completely eluded me intellectually i mean there's no way i would have gotten there until i couldn't have i couldn't mm-hmm. have now how did you talk to your inner self did your inner self beam in front of you and tell you this? No, no, I feel it. In my case, I feel it on my right. Somehow I feel it from down here and it sort of comes up. That's wow. Yeah. That's it's always cool. been and like that. When I get inspiration or real guidance, it enters me. It feels like it's really entering me from the right and then coming up into my brain. That's great. How about yes, you, Christy? Sir. How do you communicate with your inner self? Um, it, mine is, is really a visual and verbal conversation. My inner self appears to me to be up my upper left, like at 11 o'clock and completely is a a conversation that I can almost hear it's, and it sounds different than my voice does not. Everybody says, Oh, it sounds like your own thought, your own voice. It doesn't now to me. It's definitely different voice. Yeah. I couldn't come up with this information. On my own. Yeah. I could yeah, and, and always a lot yeah. smarter than I am. <laughs> yeah. Mine sounds like a stream of thought, but it, it sounds like my own thought. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. how most people are. But, but I, I think trust it, Mine also sounds like my thoughts, I have to say, but it's thoughts that are so foreign to me that they feel like they're coming from outside. Mm-hmm. But they're still very close, but down here, you know, and then and then it comes up. Yeah. And how does your ego sound to you? Oh, that's me. That's me. That's like when I'm inner self just sucks. I'm not getting it. This is my ego speaking. And Mm. you know, I've really made friends with my ego. I've I've honored and I've loved it because thank you, thank you, thank you. My ego is as much as part of me as my inner self is. 
this oh. is what what forms yeah. this is that which i am in this lifetime and without my ego like you've always said gary you know i would have died at probably six months of age because i would have loved to look outside the window you know like <laughs> right. falling off the bridge or off the outside the, so right. my ego is here to protect me thank you thank you thank you my job is to convince my ego and that's what we do yeah. Yeah. Processing, that we are safe yeah. right and so after, for example, after I got that information, my marriage, processing limiting beliefs, these are magnificent accomplishments from beginning to end. Then I go, ego, do you see? Do you see? That's pretty darn convincing. And I literally feel my ego, oh yeah, go ahead. You're fine. Good. That's all I needed to know. Good. Right. You're good. Go ahead. Yeah. I think that's and a, that's a proceed. whole process too that I, I go through a lot, which is just sort of speaking to my ego like a young one. I just, okay, look, you know what? You're awesome. You kept me alive. I love you. It's great. You're perfect until mm -hmm. now, but let's just try this my way. I'm going to try this this way. Yes. If it's yes, a yes, big yes. problem and crap falls apart, I promise you we'll go back to your way. And yes. it usually seems to settle it. Okay. Settle it down. Right. Good. Yeah. Good. It seems like what you guys have done is not eliminate the ego, but achieve this really good balance. Yes, that's what it's about. We The ego is here for us to stay. It will continue with me as long as I'm physical, right? But it's not the enemy. And that's what in the past has pretty much been, you know, the message, you know, right. you have to crush the ego, you know, this is very egotistical. No, no, my ego is here to protect me, just like my inner self. It's guidance, you know, just two extreme guidances, you know, that keep yeah. me on my path of alignment. Right. Well, so, I think most people are are ninety nine percent ego and one percent inner self. Absolutely. So to get to that fifty fifty level, is the work. Yeah. It's not for mm. the faint of heart. Not for the faint of heart. And going back to what Christy said, you know, it's really I love that you do that. That you you know engage in this conversation with you and say, hey, let's just try it my way. When I try to do that, the fear is so big that I have to sit down. And process it. In other words, I have to really, you know, I have to come up with that missing information to present it to the ego and say, hey, come on, hey, this yeah. is irrefutable. And then the ego will say yes, you know. Yeah. And maybe that is because, unlike Christy, I don't have this flow of conversation, you know, this, you know, the, the channeling aspect. And I want to add that, you know, for our listeners, because that bugged the hell out of me. You know, I mean, how come I can't channel? How come I can't get this information easier? I mean, I've tried it and I can, but I, I've shared that with you, Gary. At one point, I get, uh, I got a magnificent message, but it took me over an hour to write it down. And with every sentence I said, I had to go, was that it? And they go, no. Was that it? No. And like that, I mean, very stern. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. Obviously, there's a reason. And so I processed that, right? What is this? Is this a living belief keeping me from channeling this information? And I got it was for me. Because if I were able to channel easily, I would not do the work. Right. And I wouldn't be able to help those people to process their own beliefs who aren't even close to letting their superpowers come online yet. Yeah. Oh, that's, I can. that's really, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's really And cool. that's when I was like, oh, okay, thanks. I get it. Again, I needed clarity. And mm -hmm. then I can, and the flow, then it, it just goes. Okay. I, I understand what this is right. about. Uh, just the other day, we were talking about the verb, the English verb, understand. You know, you stand under the light of understanding, of clarity. That's what alignment is. You yeah. Understand. 
There is no alignment without clarity, without understanding. Without so you understanding. have to shift <laughs> under the light. You have to understand what's going on in order to right. be aligned. There cannot yeah. be alignment without clarity. You said that from the very beginning, Gary. And I really understand that now. You must stand under <laughs> that light in order to be aligned. You know, it's got to be one light shooting down straight onto you. Right. <gasps> I get it. Yeah. That's, I do too. that's, that's what cool. alignment is. Yeah. Oh, yes. I love that's that. Cool. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. I love it. So before we finish up, Let's talk about um, the idea of really finishing. You you have an interaction, you have an experience, you have some sort of event causes you all sorts of negative emotions. So you say, or you you judge something, whatever it is, and it's mild. But you say, "Aha! I found a belief." You identify a belief, whatever it is. If it's the one or something else, fine. Just identify a belief, soften it by proving it false. And and I love this because in the boot camp and we have a four page form that's part of the boot camp that makes this beautiful and basic training a two or three page one. It's great. But then we get to the end and we're asked this question. Um, now that you've proven this belief false, because mm -hmm. if it's limiting you, it's always false. Can you appreciate this event? Can you see how and why essentially it was for you? And we want to get to that place where we do appreciate it, even if we're we're not getting all the way to falling on our knees with gratitude. Well, here's the I thing, is an important part of that, but it let's is, say it that. It is crucial, but here's the thing. This is the gauge. This question is the gauge. Did you prove your, your limiting beliefs false? Yes or no? If you don't fall on your knees with gratitude, it is your sign that you haven't. You haven't yet. Sorry. That's how go I feel back, too. Go back to the Go back board. and keep going. That's where Part I two. am with it now Part too. Three. Um, but you it, did, you, yeah. it did work when I didn't have that, when I didn't get to that kind of gratitude and I could just say, yeah, okay, I can still appreciate it or I can't appreciate it, but you know, I was still in that spot where I still mm -hmm. thought that was a crappy fine. thing or That's the person was kind of fine. a jerk or whatever. The next yeah. manifestation event will come to help you go a little deeper. Go deeper Until deeper. eventually you right. fall on your knees in gratitude. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. This is such a cool process that- Oh, it's the it, You know, it changed my life dramatically in that first boot camp because I did every single one of them. Obviously you did too every night I did I never miss one in that first boot camp. And mm -hmm. that did a lot in the second boot camp and the third by by boot camp four, I think I was getting to where I'd do two or three in a day and then I'd have days where I didn't do any. I was getting it was mm -hmm. coming right by that time. Mm -hmm. But it's such a great process. And I say all the time that it's just an unfair system for take out one of those forms that Gary channeled years ago and spend 30 minutes on it. Yeah. You can do it in 10, but spend 30 minutes on that form. Mm -hmm. And the amount of change that you see in your reality is, it's exponential. It's not a fair system where you put, barely put in any work and what you see that comes back mm -hmm. to you. And it's that thing that Abraham says all the time, that cork of well-being just always rises to the top. We are. It does. That's yes. naturally it. Right. But right. Just right, a little bit of work. I have to cool. say though that some of us in the boot camp got there, 
Many didn't, which most. is why most, most didn't. And they were very discouraged. I mean, I would, you know, eventually when I started coaching as part of, you know, our gratitude, you know, giving back to the community, when I started coaching, in fact, this is why the idea of Living Beliefs Workshops came about, is I realized people were very, very sad, very discouraged, quite desperate. They had done the boot camp 10, 12 times and nothing was changing. It was the same limiting beliefs that they identified. And, and then, you know, I'm like, okay, let me see your process. And they would come up with a little list of, um, this is false because I'm a limitless being, because yeah. everything happens for me, because um, I'm good. I'm, I'm really good, inherently good. <laughs> and, easy, and this was all intellectual evidence. And then right. that's when I realized, oh, my God, these people don't know how to connect and to get to that irrefutable evidence. That's why I eventually said to Gary that one time, Gary, we got to do something about those knowing beliefs. People are very discouraged. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know that you had to go beyond the intellectual evidence. I right. knew that because of my previous energy work with Castaneda. We did very similar things where we would write down a scene then we would do energy exercises and then relook at that scene from a higher perspective. And okay. all of a sudden, I, what I was writing was completely different. And then we'd do it again and again. So I connected with my energy body. That's what we called it at the time, which is the inner self, right? Yeah. But they didn't know that. Oh, and right, so right, right. This is what the work is about to teach them to go beyond the intellectual evidence to that missing information that is. Mm -hmm irrefutable evidence, conclusive evidence, where you literally cannot go back to believing something else. Right, and that's can't. when you then fall on your knees. And once you have that level of genuine, mind-boggling gratitude, that's it's, when your reality changes. It's amazing. There, there's no way around it, it anymore. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It is, like you said, it is mind-boggling life-changing and yes, yes. the only way to get there is to absolutely do the work yes it's you, yes 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 and it, there's no the shortcut to it there's just not no, i'd I love agree. to tell people that there is i would love oh, to I be wish. able to do that i still wish not. but no i still wish there was a, a different way this me to me is the fastest way to do it it is i know i can recapitulate my life i know i can focus and visualize you yeah. know what for 10 hours a day sure. you know that maybe i will have some millions in my bank account fine and dandy right. very mm -hmm. unpractical right i can sit down 30 minutes boom and even if i've had massive manifestation events really really big ones three hundred thousand dollars gone okay overnight i mean that's a big one right that's a big I one had, i had four limiting beliefs. I got the first one, did it. Oh my God. I mean, I fell to my knees with gravity. Two days later, I feel terrible again. Hmm. Right. Obviously there's a limiting belief there. Another one down. Oh, clarity. Fantastic. Four limiting beliefs. I had to transcend for me to be able to say, thank God. Thank you. $300,000 are gone. Dang. Out of my life. <laughs> yeah. Four limiting beliefs and yeah. me knowing the process. I understand how to connect to my inner self, right? So right. I also want to acknowledge that while the principle is brilliant, brilliantly simple, mm -hmm. it is not for the faint of heart to learn the process, you know, and oh, to no. get to, you know, muster up the courage. I'm going to sit down again. I'm going to sit down again, you know, because here's the thing with the boot camp. We, you know, week two, you know, we start, this is when we start manifestation events. Eventually, I, I recommended to the people I was coaching is only do one. 
one a week, but do it right. Mm. Do it right so that you can raise your vibration and you can continue the work, you know, as it was those people who didn't get it so easily, you know, would describe their manifestation event, reactivate that terrible vibration that they felt, not mm -hmm. be able to prove it false and go to bed with that low vibration. Not beneficial, exactly, <laughs> you know, so it's, I, it's really funny because we did channel the boot camp. And then the next thing it channels is the Ascension experience, which is even more sophisticated. But so then um, Chrissy's channeling the white light mm -hmm. and they're like, you need something that's the bridge between where people are and the boot camp." And so basic training came out and then they go, you need a bridge between where people are and basic training. So huh. foundations came out. Uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> so now we have two bridges before you get to or even the boot get camp. to the boot camp. The yeah. you know the <laughs> the manifestation event form in basic training is little less than half of the five pager. Right, it's just mm -hmm. a little simplified version just to teach how everyone step by step how to do it. How, how did they fare with that? Great, great. It's, yeah, it seems I mean, really I, good. I'm, okay. You know, I'm coach. I coach every week in that course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. people bring them and we go through that form good, good, and good, work good. through how to do it every week. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And then they have other tools as well that they're learning just to play with. It's just yeah. those, those courses are about understanding concepts and just then filling your toolbox with stuff to do. Exactly. Softening the rigidity of your perception. I get that. Right. That is beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 The foundations and the basic training just ease people into this over a period of time. And generally people mm -hmm. take two foundations and two basic trainings mm -hmm. before they go into the boot camp. Mm -hmm. So by the time they get in the boot camp, they're already they have enough, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then the idea of taking many boot camps and really doing them, if you really do them, you'll get <laughs> yeah. it. But yeah. everyone wants to do everything right at the beginning mm -hmm. and they get discouraged if they're not doing it right nothing's happening yes. this is a, a process i mean for me it's been 10 years yeah of this. Mm -hmm. yeah it is it is it yeah it's an it's, ongoing process and it's I, an I ongoing that. Process. yeah that's a big one on coaching calls don't worry about right just just give it a shot work on it you're you're getting there right you are getting there and every time you do it it's just a, this whole thing is meditation is a practice i don't do meditation right well there's a right way to do this just do it right take a little bit of time and do it and it's it's mm -hmm. called a practice it's a daily practice all of it and mm -hmm. you know, there's mm -hmm. really yeah. nowhere to get yeah. i've done yeah, yeah. 10 years of meditation it's only been this year that i've get totally deep into the void i didn't know where the void was until then yeah and mm -hmm. on uh the last white light channeling uh joshua live which was the white light christmas mm -hmm. i started talking about this feeling good feeling good and 10 years ago when i started channeling joshua i was at the feeling the best of my life and everything was easy everything was going good everything was fun i just had it was having a great time and they said if we were to take you back and put you in that body and feel the way you felt back then, I know you couldn't stand it. And in fact, it would break you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You would How you die. feel now compared to then is so much better, but you get used to it really quick. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You do. You do. And, and it makes you, I mean, we just watched a movie the other day. We started, we, I couldn't, I couldn't continue watching it. It was so, and I know that a few years ago I would have watched that. No problem. You know, yes. people it's called beef, you know, where people oh, are just yeah. really stressed out, you know, yeah. and it's like, I can't watch it either. I love the first season and I can't watch it now. Oh, it's it's I I just discovered it and we watched the first episode and we had oh, to stop. It, like, it, I can't do it. It's two years. It's, uh, years it's like uncut gems. Mm. You know that movie? Oh, not, no, no, I've not seen that. It is so chaotic. Oh. That is, it's a fantastic movie, but it's so hard to watch. Yeah, because we are so we are no longer numb. You see, our, our emotional guidance system is so uh, attuned now. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's it's really impossible. By the way, I just saw you probably have seen it, but here's a really nice movie that I recommend based on our teachings here is um, Tomorrowland. It's a Disney movie. Oh. I, I really recommend it. Okay, Ooh, great. It's a great. beautiful message. It's, it's a beautiful family movie. And um, I'm usually not into, you know, kid movies, but this was just fantastic i i highly recommend it it's, oh, it's obviously awesome. about the perception and beliefs you know you'll see it i won't i won't say anything it's uh stars jo george clooney yeah very good oh, very good movie very sweet movie excellent yeah awesome okay okay, yeah. okay. always looking for a good one mm -hmm. so the book is how to process limiting beliefs a guide to <laughs> hold on stepping out of victimhood <laughs> i can't read my own right stepping out of victimhood and creating a preferred reality deliberately. Yeah, and that's right. the key, of course, to, to now that you are no longer a victim to outside circumstances, now that you understand that you've created these outside circumstances, now you can step up to the plate and say, okay, I can create a different reality. Yeah. But only if my beliefs allow it, because I form my reality through my beliefs. 100%. I must cultivate these new empowering beliefs, and they will then be my reality will be the result of that. That is how you create a preferred reality deliberately, not just by chance or default, like Abraham. Right. Yeah, right. By and default. how do people contact you? Oh, they can reach me, you know, um, on my website, newapproachtolife.com. And um, obviously, I have our uh, Limiting Beliefs Facebook, uh, Facebook group uh, that they can search up my name, Jessica, the last name. Um, a little difficult for... Um, English speakers, lots of vowels. Awati. Awati. Yeah. A-O-U-A-T-I. Awati. Excellent. I got to tell you a real quick story here, real quick. Tracy, my husband, beloved husband uh, for 30 some years, right? He was in the Boy Scouts. Talk about pre-birth intentions and all that strangeness, right? He mm -hmm. was in the Bo Boy Scouts um, and he did all these initiations. And at one point they did the Indian in initiation and he, his name for the chief Indian chief that he was, was Awati. <laughs> what? Can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and wow. I have a memory of a life in the 1800s in Oregon on the West Coast where I was an Indian and he was a Dutch settler. And we, we know each other. You know about life. this life. I love yeah. that. Well, then you guys have to watch 1883. Oh, I started that. It was very dark. Oh, it's, oh, it is so, so beautiful. Really? I can, so okay, beautiful. I'll muster through it then. Okay. You have to understand the oh, context. Wait. wait, wait, excuse me. 1883 is, is with a blonde girl. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I watched it all. And okay, I was good. furious. I was furious. 
Why? Because as always, she dies in the end. Excuse me, guys. Have you ever watched a John Wayne movie where John Wayne, the hero, dies at the end? Okay. No. How? Here's the thing. That was the beautiful life. No. Her life continuing on from that would not yeah, be but this. Who cares? Who cares, Gary? Would you have thought <laughs> that as a kid? If you had seen John Wayne die at the end, you would have been crushed and disappointed. Crushed. Listen, oh, my God. I'm this is with Jessica on this sorry. one. I, no, don't I think want that was realism. the perfect ending. I don't. I want no, perfect yeah, ending. Anything but perfect. After. It was the normal ending. It was the norm. But we're here to create a different norm. I want That's what... after in my movies. Thank Why can't it be yet that this girl who was unlike everything, who lived her life fully, why did she have to die? Because she only lived her life in those few months. Yeah, that know, was her life. There was no life before it, I and there's no life that. after it. I know that. Tell that and to she, the kid who watches John Wayne She dies. experienced life at a level that no other human had I ever experienced that. life. Find it was any, unimaginable. Except for John Wayne gets to do it over and over and over and over again in every single movie. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't real. Also, guess what? Um, guess what? Christie's dad is named Gary. What's his brother named? Gary. What's my brother named? Wayne. I don't know. Gary. Wayne. Oh, Wayne. the other way. Wayne. Her brother. His. Her dad's brother's name is Wayne, and my brother's name's Wayne. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, Gary though. No, yeah. her father's my name's dad Gary. Was Gary. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh my God. And his brother was Wayne, you know, and this Gary, so and his brother's signs. Wayne. Right. So many signs. It's unbelievable. So weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, 1883, I did watch it. I thought it was beautiful, but I am absolutely opposed to the ending. And yes, I have a living belief. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Me too. Only, and I, I will work on that. <laughs> Patriarchy sucks. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Jessica, thank it's, you so much for agreeing you. to do this with us today. Oh it's my God, brilliant. it's an honor. I, when we started talking pleasure. about limitation, I said, let's call Jessica. Get her thank on you. I so appreciate that. Thank Perfect. you for thinking of me, guys. I love you. I love you. And I, I can't thank you enough for what you've enabled me to do and how you've enabled me to change my life. I can't thank you enough. Infinitely grateful. Well, we love and appreciate you for everything you've done for us as well. Yep. And we can't wait to see you again soon. Yep. Same soon. here. Same here. Ooh, I love Bye. you guys. Thank you. Bye. So much. Bye. Bye.